When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Well, let's welcome in uh, the newest uh, uh, anointment into the SENZ family. He was part of the commentary team that bought you the Phoenix game yesterday against the West Sydney Warriors. He, he called the game with Ricardo Ball. Uh, Chris Milicic joins us. G'day, Chris. Morning, how are you? Very well. I was just explaining before you were there, actually, I didn't get to watch it because I was commentating netball at the same time you were commentating football. Uh, first of all, the occasion, the spectacle, the crowd, what, what was the feeling there? Oh, look, the crowd looked to be around about 15,000. I think that was the number that was there. Um, it seemed to be fully embraced by everybody. Uh, I'm sure that it's a good number for everybody. I, I think people are realise it's a long weekend and Auckland's been kind of shoved into Auckland for a very long time and the <laughs> queues out of Auckland on Friday were massive. So um, I think that's a good crowd for what, what was happening up here. And, uh, yeah, they seem to really get into it. I mean, uh, we you know, obviously at the moment with some idiot ran onto the pitch and that sort of thing. And so some people got a little overexcited, to be fair. <laughs> was the excitement because we got the first goal well, it seems to be a very important thing for the Phoenix to score first because if they don't they can lead in two, three or four more um, so getting that first goal you must have felt a little bit more insurance well the, yes because the thing with the Phoenix if they score the first goal they're able to retain their shape if they can retain their shape because the young players need to have a surety of where they're on on the pitch if they have to chase a game and players start to have to come out of shape to exploit spaces, um, what happens in younger players, they're tactically not as sharp as an older player because they haven't seen the picture enough. So then what happens is that the spaces become quite big and experienced players can exploit that against them. So getting the goal for the Phoenix is always the best thing because then the younger players in particular don't have to get exposed. The ones with lack of experience don't have to get exposed by a shape that is more dynamically moving than one that can stay into a defensive posture longer. Uh, we certainly did us a big favour by missing a spot penalty. I don't know what worldwide percentages are, but I'd imagine it's up around 85% when you get a penalty kick, you score. But he goobered it. Yeah, he did. And it was like a lot of the players yesterday. We were we were quite all stunned that um, they were slipping and sliding on the Eden Park turf. I know they've all been in Australia and it's rock hard and all the rest, but Eden Park is always going to be a little bit more lush and it's going to be a little bit more slippery. And I, I would expect that the boy is wearing moulds. He's run up. His, his standing foot slipped. His other foot sort of crashed together. He looked like he was trying to kick it across his body, so he needed an absolute steady foot. And it's just cannon off his leg and gone, oh, I'm missing it. Everybody's laughing, but... To my mind, the only other time that any of us can really recall is when John Terry did it in a um, in the Champions League final, and that's after he played 120 minutes and his legs had gone. So it was so unusual to happen 
that it's a, it was a massive talking point. And the reality is for Western Sydney Wanderers, because they were so uh, poor, I think the word is it, creating any real goal-scoring opportunity, that probably was the massive point in the game. If they'd have got that, they probably could have gone on to win the game. But by missing that, the game sort of became one of those, let's just sit back and defend and counter-attack raid, and they just didn't know what, how to break it down. So did when the Phoenix went 1-0 up, did they keep investigating the opposition goal or did they hang back and just try and hold on? No, certainly when they scored the goal in the first half, they kept trying to go again and again and again. They, they certainly were a lot more attack-minded, but it was certainly the second half when they came out. Um, they were prepared to drop off, compact up and around the 18-yard box. I mean, we had situations where their strikers are trying to put pressure on the ball and they just turned and ran back to, to halfway, which is a, a fairly... Um, decent uh, sort of tactical decision to do if you it's a desperation to win the game I can understand why they did it but um, I also think for the fans they're sitting there watching that going oh could we go get some more goals but look from a team's perspective it's the, the win was necessary if they didn't win that they may, they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs Three more matches left for the Phoenix. Uh, the two Melbourne sides who sit one and three on the table and the West Sydney Wanderers again. What's what's the minimum requirement here? Is it, is it a win, a draw and a loss? Would that be minimum? Are you happy with two draws out of three? No, no, just, yeah, just one win will do. If they get another win, they go to 39 points and no other team underneath them can get to 39. Uh, can get to 39. The most anybody could do if they won all the games is 38. So minimum is three points. So they get three points, they're safe. Um, a couple of draws isn't good enough because their goal difference is horrible. Um, and so what they're going to need, they're going to get a win. That's a guarantee. That's assuming that the team's chasing them are going to win all their remaining two games, which is never a standard. So the Phoenix, by winning last night, put them into a very good position to, to make play. They'd have lost last night, and then they'd had to go to Melbourne victory, Melbourne City, probably get nothing out of there. Then it goes to a do-or-die game with teams in around them, and it comes outside of their... Um, it comes outside of their control. And even if Western Sydney Wanderers had won yesterday, they, they were still an outside chance to make the playoffs. So winning yesterday was the key game. And they're going to need three more points to be guaranteed, but probably two would get them there because I can't see some of the teams like MacArthur and them winning all their remaining games. Now, they've been back in New Zealand. They've had two games. It's To me, it's just not fair. Their last three games, they go to Australia again. They've only just got here, and all three are back in Australia. Are they taking the piddle? No, <laughs> I know, I know what you, you're saying here, but the, that would have required quite a large change because match day 26, which is the final match day round, was last week or the week before, and so we're actually playing all the catch-up games that were missed through COVID and all sorts of things earlier in the season, and so yeah, it's it's pretty rough. I would have thought the the A League would have gone well. We'll give you three games and. You know, they might have asked Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City, and they went, nope, we're not changing. Nobody has to change their home game. So whilst it looks, the optics look really bad, and it would have been a great opportunity to give the Phoenix some, some cash back in their wallet after what would be a very, very expensive 18 months, um, it doesn't seem to have happened. Uh, well, so let's just say they can pick up one of these wins. It's probably most likely to be West Sydney Wanderers. Um, um, hopefully we don't give them another penalty because he won't slip over twice. Uh, let, let's assume we can make that top six somewhere. Um, 
How big an ask, though, for them? They've, they've only won 11 out of 23, and if you add their draws, that's 14 out of 23 that they haven't lost. Compared to these, uh, particularly Melbourne City, Western United, they've got great records. Can we give these teams a shake in playoffs? Well, they're one-off games, and so in football you can always give someone a shake in playoffs, um, and you could win a game 1-0, you know, and you can get through. But you can't do it four or five times in a row to win the comp. Uh, so you, they're going to have to... The Phoenix are facing that situation of... Uh, and Warriors have been there and other teams have been You hit the playoffs, you're the, the last team in the playoff mix, and it's just going to be a grind, and if you can win one game, it's good. But the reality is, I think that if we talked about it last night, if you, if you put the Phoenix up against any of the other teams that are going to make the top six, and it was, uh, you know, if you were to analyse it... They're always going to be the team, the underdog, the lesser team in that mix and that makeup. So if they were to go forward and win it, they would have to win four really or five really tough games against teams that are, one, probably got uh, more experienced, better players. Um, two, aren't, aren't requiring to play a bench full of boys that have come out of their academy within the last year. And three, uh, depends where it's going to be. You know, you're going to be last, you're going to be in Australia the whole time, and so you don't get the opportunity of playing in front of your own fans that may give you that lift. So it'll be really, really tough for them. But, you know, football does have this lovely ability with the way you can play. Um, you can rate a team on the counter, get a goal, and hold on, like similar to what Greece did in the Euros. So it can happen. So there's no thing. But if you were to match up against anybody in the top six, the Phoenix would always come in as the second best side on paper. Just want to switch to the National League. I think that's just just got on the way. Have we had one round of that? Oh, no, we've had seven rounds of that. Oh, well, New Zealand football will yeah, have because it's not a national round. It's not a National League yet. It's still in, in its regional sense. Oh, it's still in the northern part. Okay, now I've got yep. you. Okay, so yep. have, are, the, are the normal protagonists at the top leading the way? Yeah, Auckland City's at the top. You've got Auckland United and Birkenhead. Uh, the next two sides, all, all with good points. And then from uh, the fourth team, Melville, uh, on 10 points, sorry, Ballantic on 10 points, it sort of goes 10, 9, 8, 8, 8, 7, 6, 6, and then there's two teams right down the bottom that have got one and two points. So um, it's going to be tight for that fourth spot, but uh, a bit like all playoff rounds, <laughs> you make the fourth spot, you might spend the whole National League round getting humped. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a funny one. But, yeah, no, it's, it's kicked off Auckland City yeah. Uh, they've had a, had a draw and they're sort of carrying on their way. Uh, Birkenhead have uh, uh, continued what they did last year. And Auckland United, once again, uh, uh, sort of once they settled down after a first couple of shaky results, uh, they've really kicked on. And so, yeah, so but it's seven games in. They're still, you know, it's a, it's a league of 22 games, so there's a long, long, long way to go. Is the quality there? Are you, are you happy with the quality you're seeing? Obviously, uh, I'm looking at poor old Waiheke United, um, three goals for 20 against one draw out of their six games. But towards the top, what's the quality like? Oh, look, I think the quality in the top two or three teams is, is reasonable. Um, but if you look... Look, I'm, uh, look, I was involved in the National League for, for a very, very long time. And the reality is that in Auckland, there's probably 60-odd players capable of playing at that upper echelon of the National League. Um, Auckland City have 23 of them, and every single one of their players in their entire squad is capable of playing that. They've retained their squad. Auckland United and uh, Birkenhead are actually full of the, uh, a lot of players that have played for Eastern Suburbs and Waitakere United of the old National League. So they are what I call reasonably structured, competent, tactical football teams. And then from there on, there's a lot of uh, 
not lack of quality, just a lack of experience, players trying to get up to speed. Um, bear in mind that those three teams we talked about at four, they're training three or four times a week. They've got gym sessions, got pool sessions. A lot of players have committed to doing that and working part-time, whereas a lot of the other teams have guys that work full-time and get to training. So there's still this mix now because you've included so many clubs mm. that a lot of clubs can't. I mean, it's a bit like, uh, you know, you, you've got a team and you've got some guy, this example, he's a builder, he's worked all day on a building site, and you start at 6.30 or 6 <laughs> for training and he's rocking up two minutes to six and get himself ready and running on the football field. You don't know what's going through his head. And, and then compare that to a t- uh, uh, some clubs that are training at nine o'clock in the morning, their full squads rock up and they train or whatever time it may be. And then they wander off to university or they wander off to do their, their, their part-time gig. You know, that sort of defines, they play better, they're, they're more comfortable. And so you've always got to weigh that up against the talent. Up at the other end of the scale, the All-Whites, uh, we've got, last I heard, we've got a warm-up match against Peru. We've had the date and the opponent for our final World Cup qualifier locked in. Um, when do we start getting excited, Chris, for this World Cup campaign? Well, I think you can start getting excited now. This is, the, this is one of the best opportunities we're ever going to have to make a World Cup. We're not playing anybody out of Asia. We're not playing anybody. We're playing Costa Rica and if you look at the paper from what the what the Whites have and what Costa Rica have, you go, Phew, this is not bad. If it had been a home and away, it's still not a bad mix. But the fact that we're playing in guitar makes it extremely neutral. And we have uh, probably the better top players than they do. I mean, we've still got Chris Wood playing in the Premier League. Um, we've still got, you know, players like Sabrit uh, Singh, uh, you know, Joe Bell. These are these are very good young players playing at really good levels. And whereas Costa Rica's got a bunch of players that have played in the Premier League and played at these leagues, but they no longer do so. They've dropped down, they're playing in the Costa Rican League, which is, from my understanding, one of the weaker leagues in the um, Americas. So this is probably one of the best opportunities we're going to ever have in a one-off game to um, to get to a World Cup, I, I think we should start getting excited now. I think Danny Hay and his staff have done a really, really good job getting some uh, players in. Uh, the fact that Chris Wood commits to the All-Whites as often as he does is a testament that he must like Danny a lot because at any stage he can just go to his club, no, nah, I don't want to go, and they'll say, no, he's not available. And that's the end of it, you know. So the fact that he makes himself available says they've got a great culture, They've got an environment that these players want to be in, and they want to get to the World Cup. And I think to myself, we've got something special going on here, and we've got a great opportunity to make the World Cup way better than we had to go home and away against Peru or home and away against Mexico. Those teams, we are just not built to deal with them. For Costa Rica, we certainly are. Yeah, and I'd imagine one of the key components for Costa Rica would be a raucous, emotional home crowd. They're not going to get that. They're the sort of teams, those those red-blooded South Americans, that really feed off that fervour, aren't they? It's not going to be there in Qatar. It's not going to be there. It's And so this is this is why I say to be excited because, uh, look, I, I've gone to a World Cup in Colombia and you can people have no idea what it's like. You're sitting on the field, the vuvuzelas, the noise, the chanting, you can't even hear yourself think. So the home players think it's brilliant. You know, we, <laughs> they feed off that. The opposition players feel isolated. They're by themselves. They can't talk to their teammates. It's a very, very lonely environment for the away team. So to, to remove that is massive because we in New Zealand, we don't build that sort of fervour at a ground as a rule. So we don't have that same sort of level. But in, as you're right, in South America and, and you know, in the Caribbean and that, 
it's 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 fervor. It's it's driving your players. It's an extra man. It's points. It's so to remove that is just massive. Brilliant, Chris. Always good to catch up and talk the round ball code with you. Great job on the commentary yesterday. Hope you enjoyed it with Ricardo. But the big question is, did he manage to get in the word Stegosaurus at the 41st minute? Not that I recall. I had to stop him saying some other words, but he, we didn't, he didn't say Stegosaurus. <laughs> that was his challenge from his listeners. Okay, so that's a fine for him. Hey, brilliant, Chris. Uh, look forward to chatting again sometime. Anytime. Thank you, mate. Brilliant. Chris Milicic there um, did a wonderful job on the commentary. Um, I'm led to believe with Ricardo, both their first times, which is kind of cool. Kind of cool. But, yeah, big big challenge, both the Melbourne sides and West Sydney Wanderers, their remaining three games. But one win. Is that the same as two draws? No, it's not. One win's three points. Two draws is two points. So just get a win, lads. That'd be brilliant. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.